The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. <laughs> Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Marcus Park. I'm Jackie Zabrowski. And you know what, man? I... I had something great happen this week. What was it? It was one of those good therapy days, you know? Yeah. It's like, where you're talking about shit. Is uh, We talked about it on the show before. I, I've got uh, pretty bad issues with uh, obsession. Yeah. Especially obsession with the worst possible situation. If I think about a problem that I have, or not even a problem that I have, or a problem that I could have, my mind goes to the worst possible reasonable situation. You know, it's not like, you know, if I, it's not like an OCD type of thing where it's like, okay, well, if I don't, you know, click the lock three times, then an earthquake will come and destroy the entire city of New York. Right. You know, it's, you know, it's just more like thinking that if, you know, if A happens, then B happens, then B happens, then C, then D, then E, then F. And then by the time I get to F, although it is very unlikely and unreasonable, I have built this narrative in my head that could get me to that point. So I start preparing mentally for the worst thing that could possibly happen, which keeps me from being happy because I'm always planning for the worst thing and always expecting the worst thing to happen. Now, which you are definitely not alone in doing. No, definitely not alone <laughs> in doing. I think a lot of people do this. And I think this might actually be a specifically uh, American thing. Uh, and not specifically, I mean, I'm sure there are a ton of other people in, in the world who uh, think this way. But I think that it is an American way of thinking. And here's why. Because I started talking about this and I started talking about my family, how my father thinks this exact same way, how my grandfather used to think the exact same way. And I started thinking and talking about it. I was like, well, you know, my, my family's been in America for hundreds of years. We're frontier people. You know, we came out to Oklahoma. We came out to Texas. We lived in dugouts, which are just holes in the sides of hills. You know, we lived in those places and survived in those places. And what I realized is that that type of thinking, that type of worst case scenario thinking, that's what kept them alive throughout all those years. The people who didn't think that way fucking died. Right. And their lines didn't go on. But in our, but in the way that we thought, that's what kept us alive. However, we're not in 1876 anymore. No, no, we're not. As a matter of fact. <laughs> we, are, we are not. I do not live in a hole in the ground. You know, my livelihood does not depend on how many bullets I have left. I just imagine you, it's like a big piggy version of Marcus, like <laughs> laying in a pile of mud. We're like, oink, oink, oink. oh no, oh no, what's going to happen? Oink, 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 oink. Wee, 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 wee. I don't live like that. You don't that. live like that. It's I great. will never live like that unless the bombs fall or in case the pandemic comes and yeah. I'm somehow one of the survivors. Or and the I'm, super volcano or in the super um, Yellowstone. Yeah, or the super volcano or any of those other things that I think about a lot. That's not going to happen. I'm going to live in New York City. I'm going to live as a fucking 21st century human being. That's where I live. I live in the 21st century. And the way of thinking that kept my ancestors alive is keeping me from living. It's keeping me from living my fucking life day to day. And I think a lot of Americans, and particularly people who live and grow up in uh, the American West, we are descended from frontier people. And frontier people are inherently pessimistic because life sucked. 
Like, I mean, I have ancestors who lived through the Dust Bowl. You know, dust pneumonia was a very real fear. Drowning in dirt. That was a fucking fear that but they had. But not for you. But not for me. <laughs> not for me. The worst I got is fucking stinky garbage. <laughs> well, I think the difference, too, is that, you know, you're talking specifically about the American West. I think it's all in how you look at it as well. I mean, I don't come from the American West, but I don't also view it in the way of, like, a survival of the fittest thing of what my family deals with it. We're just worriers. Yeah. And I feel that that's, like, a very different way. It's all in how you view the way you think of the worst things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I see it as like, no, it's because I care so much that I'm so worried about what's going to happen. And then it spins, spirals, spirals, spirals into panic attacks, into not sleeping, into crying for hours on end. So I think it's all in how you view it as well. I don't have any reasoning behind. <laughs> well, I mean, my family's just yeah. a little much, you know? <laughs> and I feel like that's really where it came from. But I think that a lot of people deal with that in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And now, what are you going to do with it? How are you going to change your outlook? Well, you know, I was thinking about it. I, I uh, your, your boyfriend, Doug, his uh, 28th birthday was on Tuesday. Yes. We were all hanging out at your place, uh, and it was after the cops came. Uh, <laughs> Which, oh, we all, God. oh, Jesus. Man, it, felt, all, it made me feel like I was 19 again. It was cops nine, coming to my house. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it made me feel like I was not. Like, I even instinctively put down my beer. <laughs> I am 31 years old. I was in a private residence. Uh, I. I, but I still, like, as soon as, like, you opened the door uh, and I saw that there were cops sitting right behind you, I just instinctively put down my beer. And it's like, I'm, I could have sat here and just gotten, still gotten wasted. I am in a home. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna be arrested for public intoxication. This is pride. I can't get a fucking MIP anymore. Nope, nope, nope. But no. that will never go away. I guess maybe it's some kind of weird respect thing. But we were all inside, uh, and this was at the point where we were, you know, starting to roll some J's, listening to some records, and just hanging out with some real close friends. You know, just it was a little late, drinking from some fireball. You just got in a bunch of rolling rocks. And I... You know, got a little stone, which you know I don't do very often anymore, but I was feeling pretty groovy. So, and we were listening to the band. So I'm like, you know what? It's time. So I fucking, you know, took a couple hits and I, I went to the bathroom and I was staring at that picture that you have hanging up a Big Brother and the Holden Company right mm-hmm. above your toilet. And I'm looking at them and I, it, it was this weird stone logic, but I was thinking, it's like, man, Janice ain't judging me. <laughs> Those dudes ain't judging me. Look at them. They're good. Like, they're just good. And I, it kind of hit me as I was taking a piss, the fucking weirdest, biggest realization I've ever had while taking a piss. Uh, and it just hit me that my baseline can be good. I can set my baseline at good. I don't have to set it at survival mode. Like that doesn't, that's been my base mode for my baseline for years is that it's like this weird survival, always thinking about the worst thing that I don't have to set that as my baseline. I don't live that kind of life anymore. Uh, I've you know never lived that kind of life except for maybe you know when I was ranching back home because you know the threat of death is very real and there every single day rattlesnakes fucking a cow kicking you in the head uh, driving off a cliff all kinds of shit can ha- happen to you you know fucking tractor popping out of gear and running over you all kinds of bad stuff that baseline exists at home 
But in New York City, like my baseline can be when I'm just hanging out with my fucking friends. If I'm on the street, then yeah, my baseline can be alert. Alert. Aware, you know? It's not a dangerous city anymore, but I still need to be alert and aware of my surroundings, you know? I can't wander onto some train tracks. I can't just walk down at four in the morning with my headphones on. I have to be alert. But when I'm just hanging out with my friends or just fucking living life, my baseline can be good. Like, just fucking, I'm good. I'm good, man. I don't need any more than that. It doesn't have to be nervous. It doesn't have to be on guard. Uh, and that's also another thing that I've realized is a big problem is that I'm almost always on guard. And I don't have to do that. I mean, you know, I, I don't have to live that way. And I can just fucking relax, be good, hang out with my buds, and just live. I think that's wonderful advice for for anyone. I feel that a lot of people live on the defensive mode. Yeah. Because it's it's an easier way to live. It's an easier way to take care of yourself, especially if you're any kind of fragile. If you've got any kind of instability inside your head, being defensive is the easiest form of self-protection. It truly is. But you don't have to live that way. No. I, you know, it, exactly. Remaining alert and, and being aware of if you are in a situation like that and if you do have to put up a wall of some sort to just get through it or to help yourself, that's okay. But a constant, you know, a constant wall of defension, defensive no, just- lines, <laughs> defensive lines, <laughs> defension. Uh, defension. I like defension. I like defension as well. <laughs> Ain't a word, but it could be now. Could be now. <laughs> a constant line of defension will will keep you separate from other people for the rest of your life. Yes, it will. And it's hard to get to. It's hard to get close to someone that's like that. And I think that a lot of people point fingers and say no 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 it's your it's like everyone else's problem it's not me that's being it because you're trying to take care of yourself and in your head you're like oh if I'm trying to take care of myself then I'm doing what I'm supposed to do yeah but it's okay to let people in yeah you know that's that's living that's exactly what you said you weren't living no 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 wasn't living at all and I get down those lines man I've got the fucking I put up the defense I put up up my defension (laughs) years ago. Yeah. Years. I would say high school, you know, junior high even. You know, I put up that fucking self-defense, that deflection, uh, and I've had that shit going on for fucking over a decade now. Well over a decade. Uh, And I made 15 years. uh, And I'm trying to start, I'm trying to take it down because I really don't, like, I'm... I get very close to other people, but people don't get very close to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's, a, you know, very few, very few people do. You're one of them. Very few people actually like get close to me. Yeah, I'm really open about stuff, but just talking about stuff, just being open about stuff, that doesn't necessarily mean that someone's close to you. Just because I share things with someone doesn't mean that they're necessarily close to me. That just means I got a fucking big mouth. You know, <laughs> just means I can't shut up, uh, which is very different from letting somebody in and letting somebody close and letting them know what is actually fucking going on with you. Uh, and I'm trying, working real fucking hard. And we actually got a letter uh, from a guy that is working on that same type of thing, dude, for, or actually not a, a dude, a, a girl, you know, from Saskatchewan mm. in Canada, which, by the way, why do we have so many Canadian listeners? I love it. As a quick aside, 
I think that we should move to Canada. <laughs> I think we should. I'm down with it, man. I feel yeah. like I would really fit in in Canada. I think I'd do fucking great in Canada. At least stereotype-wise <laughs> of what I hear about Canada. Yeah, and I've hung out with some Canadians recently. A couple of listeners, I think I mentioned, uh, a couple of listeners came down and uh, visited, went to a last podcast live show. And the most bizarre thing is talking to somebody with the exact same, not exact same, but with a very similar accent to yours saying, you Americans. Like saying, like, what? Ah! <laughs> Like what are you talking? What are you talking about, you Americans? Like yeah, and how do a boy living in America must be weird? And like, don't you live in? No, you're in the Canada. You're in the Canada. You're man. in the up part. It's it's weird, but I would just want to say thank you to all yeah. of our thank you to all of uh, our Canadian friends out there. Uh, but this uh, this girl, uh, we'll just uh, shit. Let's just go ahead and get into this letter. I love you know, it. let's let's fucking pop right into it. What are we gonna call this girl? I was trying to figure it out. Where is she from? Uh, Saskatchewan. Sasquatchathwan. <laughs> That's what. Sasquatchewan. Yeah, I was thinking about Sasquatch. Yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about Sasquatch a lot lately. I don't know why. But. Thinking about Sasquatch? Yeah, just been like <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> All right, here's what I'd say. Hey, Marcus and Jackie, I'm a new listener, binge listening from the very beginning. Love the podcast. It's awesome to listen to people talk about some of the same issues of depression and anxiety while being horny as fuck. So here's my question, and maybe I already have done a podcast on that and I haven't gotten there yet, but how does a person go about living the single life? This is this might sound silly, but for the last 10 years, I've had a string of long-term relationships and haven't had more than a month or so between them. Some of them great experiences, some of them fucking awful. I'm 25, trying to get my shit together, and I'm terrified of being alone. I'm a very introverted person and like alone time, but always seem to crave a personal connection with someone. It seems to be the only time the little demons in my head are silenced, but always seeming to be screwed over in both the love and friendship areas. I feel I'm at a crossroads and need to be alone and figure myself out. I work a lot and have a lot of friends in those settings, but not a lot in my personal life. How do I go about getting past the anxiety of meeting new people slash debilitating social anxiety I have and avoiding the urge to just want to hop back into being a committed in a committed relationship? Thanks for the help and for the awesome podcast that I currently use as a rebound boyfriend that I'm sure will turn into a beautiful long-term Relationship. Ooh, it's very, very good nice. Comparison. Yeah, very good comparison indeed. That was clever. <laughs> <laughs> so while it's not exactly, uh, <clears throat> while it's not exactly what we were talking about, uh, it's still very similar, you know. And I think putting up uh, defenses uh, with people, you also put up defenses uh, with yourself. Uh, when you're having a hard time being alone. Uh, and I have, that. that's another big part of my problem is that it's the same thing with you is that I both love and hate being alone. You know, I, I love it. I grew up a pretty solitary existence uh, and a lot of times over the years, like I'll spend a lot of time alone, but it, like I need it, but it makes me miserable all at the same time much for the same reasons that you have. 
uh, Sasquatchuan. Uh, (laughs) uh, For much the same reasons, because uh, when I'm alone, it's great for a little while. uh, And then uh, those little little demons start popping in. Those you just sit there and you start thinking about your own problems and what's wrong with you and what uh, and how all those problems seem so insurmountable and how they seem like they're never going to get solved. And this is just the way that you're going to be forever. And you end up in a spiral of fucking self-hatred. And so you end up having to go out uh, and finding somebody that you may not even really like all that much. Somebody that you may not even be that into that you know is a bad idea when you get into it uh but because you need that personal interaction because you need just anybody to hang around and to listen to you talk about this that or the other thing and not even to listen you talk about your problems yourself just to talk like just to fucking speak and to have a voice outside of the voice in your own head because if you're talking then you can't those little demons aren't there. If you're filling the air with sound, with actual conversation, those voices get replaced. It might even be fucking conversation that you particularly enjoy. But I have learned lately, and uh, in this, and, and but the problem with that is that you never work on those demons. You never work on yourself, and you never work on what needs to be done to give you a happy and healthy relationship because those problems that you're having when you're alone those that self-hatred you know that inability to be alone is fucking up your relationships it's fu- it's part of the reason why your relationships fail is because that shit that you don't deal with is seeping its way into other relationships we've said it before you can't love someone else until you love yourself not truly not fully uh, it's an, a near impossibility. Uh, and it's a key to a healthy relationship to fucking love yourself, to have two people who love themselves, not be self-obsessed with yourself, you know, not be self-obsessed and to not love yourself too much, but to just at the very least, once again, baseline, at the very least, just be good. Just be at least okay with yourself. At the very, very least, if you can't love yourself, at the very least, you have to be comfortable with yourself. I can't remember who, uh, somebody said it, but you know, it's like you better fucking love yourself because you're the only person that you're guaranteed to spend the rest of your life with. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you heard that. I heard it. I heard that. I think I saw that on a pic, written on a picture on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I, and I think that being single for a while is a great idea. It's a great idea. It, as long way, as you work on your shit. Exactly. It's a great way to connect with yourself. It's a great way, like you said, you have friends, which is awesome, but I'd say take it to the next level. I mean, I have dealt with, I am a very, I am an extrovert, a million percent. But the reason why I am an extrovert is because I do suffer from the same. I have the opposite of, I never like to be alone. Mm -hmm. If I had my druthers, I would be around someone every second of the day because the second I'm alone, spiral, 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 which are things that I've dealt with. And I, for so many years, just, it was such denial that I was like, no, I'm just... 
I'm just the fun time. Like, I'm just out having a good time. It's like, no, I just am too desperately scared to be by myself. And I'm not talking about in a relationship. I'm talking about physically by my alone. Yeah. Not having anyone around me. And that's why I never, I just remember when we started hitting the age of people living by themselves and things like that, especially in college, I was like, I could never live by myself because it ties back into the, someone's going to break in and rape me and murder me. And no one's ever going to know. Um, because I was here by myself. Mm-hmm. And then it goes down and down of like, no one would even want to rape me. I'm not pretty enough to be raped. You know, that it's like, those worst. are the actual well, things I used to think. God. But these are things that I've worked on and, and tried to deal with. And I will have to say, I do have to say that you, you're saying that you have friends and that you do have, like, you just don't have people that you closely connect to. You should invite one of them out to go take a class or something. Something. There's the, there's something about bridging the gap of like work friends or school friends by going out and doing something that you both are interested in. And from there, even if you're talking on like a peripheral sense of a book club and you're both talking about like a book that you're really into, it does snowball into actually trusting someone. Yeah. There's something about starting out on that wavelength that's not work. It is something that you both actually enjoy that can eventually create friendship. It's the trust. Yes. And I think right now you don't trust yourself either. It's not like it's even beyond the not liking yourself. You have to trust yourself and trust you before you can trust someone else. Mm -hmm. And that's been one of my biggest things too is that I didn't trust myself for the longest time. And it's easy... It's 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 easy to have peripheral friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that Marcus and I both have a lot of friends. I'm the same way. I don't have a lot of close friends. In no. fact, I think about that now where when I'm alone, I don't have somebody to just call during the day and be like, you want to go get lunch? I, I mean, not really. Yeah. Not people that I don't see all the time and work because then it becomes work talk and then it becomes, you know, it like I don't have friends that are just like, hey, you want to just like talk about nothing i got one yep ragnar <laughs> ragnar lives in iceland <laughs> and i guess logan too yeah you know but it's like I, got, I got a couple of friends that you know that i i think but yeah ragnar's in fucking iceland but but yeah 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 i i make friends easily but i don't make close friends easily. but i feel like bullshit talk can i mean isn't that where you guys started yeah yeah, yeah. comics yeah. Comic books. That's. I mean, I, I, you know, it's weird. I think you're onto something here because uh, a lot of my like really close friends that uh, I know I can talk. And you know, Todd too. You know, guys that I can talk to anytime uh, about just bullshit. Um, I got. You know, I made those friends through comic books. You know, a lot of my real close friends from college and all that, like those are guys that I worked with at the comic book store or I met them during a class because they were wearing a Captain America shirt. And I'm like, hey, that's cool. I like to read comic books too. Uh, back before that shit was just worn by everyone, back when it was a flag. All right. They- <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, but, but still, it, it's, you know, those personal interests, like those, when you have those shared interests, uh, that bullshit that you talk about, like those, you know, like when you're talking about Grant Morrison for a while, eventually that conversation blossoms into something more, you know, something real, something you, like the way that a person reacts to art or story, as we've talked about before, you know, the way a person responds to fiction, uh, that um, if you share that same response or if you what someone loves about a book or a movie or a piece of art that shows what they're about. 
it, it part of what that that's when I study uh, serial. I mean, very briefly, that's why I study serial killers. That's why I always want to know what did they listen to, what were their favorite TV shows, what did they like, like what made them feel something. Uh, that's what I'm always fascinated with, and I'm always fascinated with what people enjoy. But good for you, man. For at least like you're acknowledging the fact of what's going on in your life. Yeah. You know, and you are dealing with it now. And now starts the process of putting the pieces back together and working on you. Yeah. You getting the shit together <laughs> and fuck having a significant other for a while. Yeah. You know, it's just, I, I, I find that sometimes I think that I hide behind having a significant other, which sometimes you do. Yeah. And then when I think about that, I push away a little bit, which is not good, but we have two completely separate lives. Yeah. You know, we go for days where, you know, we don't see each other, we don't really hang out with each other, we have been together for such a long time, but we still have our own interests, own exactly what we're doing, like, because I like what I do. Yeah. And that's also a huge part of that, too, you know, it's finding... And if you, when I get, when I'm by myself and I'm getting into a bad spot, I read a fucking book. Yeah. I've been getting back. And it's like, I know it's, you know, I remember my mom used to say when I would like have my nose in a book, she's like, you're just escaping reality. And I'm like, yeah. Yes, of course yeah. I am. Yes. I mean, yes, that's what I'm doing. That's why entertainment exists. I need to just boot up. I'm going to, I want to go think about this adventure right now, mm-hmm. you know, and it makes me feel good. And I have, like, I like to talk to people when I'm by myself. I'm one of those people that I'll just start a conversation. And on the train, if I see someone reading a book that I've read, I'll, you know, if they're, you know, don't look crazy or anything, I'll be like, great book. Yeah. And then we'll talk about it for a few minutes and then I'll get off the train. Yeah. It's like, it's just a nice human interaction to have. It truly is. That's wonderful. See, I'm always the guy that people will talk to. Because appro- you have a friendly face. Because I look approachable. Yes. Yeah, the weirdest people. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weirdos are like, for some reason, they look at me and they're like, you know what? I can, I can talk to that guy. That guy <laughs> looks like he knows what I'm all about. Hey, brother! Like, oh, no, uh, no, yes, I, I very much enjoy Name of the Wind as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do know he's working on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time. Yeah, maybe I should read that. Well, okay, <laughs> bye. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> but it's fun, you know. It's it's great. Uh, but working working on yourself and working on, uh, on your own shit, I'm kind of doing that right now. Uh, and it's helping a lot. Uh, I'm, yeah, focusing more on working through my own shit in order to make a better relationship. Uh, and, yeah, it's getting better. It's working shit out. And, you know, I'm working on my shit. She's working on hers. Uh, and it's making life a hell of a lot better, a hell of a lot easier, and a hell of a lot more fulfilling. Uh, so know that it can work. And it does work. You just have to put in the fucking work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I heard that, sis. <laughs> Second I'm time. Lot, I'm getting a lot of mm-hmm's uh, today. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, because I feel like it's like, yeah, preach it. <laughs> it's good. It's a good mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't want to hear a bad mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to our next letter. What are we going to call this gal? Oh, all right. How about 
Chiclita. <laughs> Chiclita. 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 Oh, Chiclita. Yes, oh, yes, yes. I thought you said Chiclita. No, no, no. no. Well, Chiclita, I guess, works as well. <laughs> I don't know what that means, though. Is that a bad thing? Like Chiclita? Oh, she got a Chiclita on. I didn't think She's it's... a slut. I, guess... <laughs> I found it nice. Oh, it was nice? Like, to me, it sounded like something that some guy in, like, the 50s would say. Like, okay. Mm, she's got that chickly top on. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, like a rockabilly guy would say. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Awesome. Hell well, yeah. I'm reading the Levon Helm autobiography right now. That's still what, kinda okay. So right. kind of in the rockabilly phase. So you know, I'm, sure. I'm kind of in that, and I've been listening to a lot of rockabilly lately. So I'm kind of in that, like, ooh, she got a chickly top. Chickly top. All right. How it says. For the past year and two months, I've been carrying on an affair with a 32-year-old married man who we'll call Finn, who has two daughters. After our initial meeting, he and I began emailing back and forth, and it began to bud into something more. I knew he was married, but he still gave all the classic excuses that a married man gives every time in this scenario. My wife and I don't get along. We hate each other. We stay together for our daughter. I can't afford a divorce right now, etc., etc. He made no effort whatsoever to hide our relationship at work. Plus, I was 22 at the time and had never been in this situation before. So, of course, I believed him and things seemed to be going in the right direction, at least from what he was telling me. Aside from the fact that his wife was, quote unquote, acting crazy, I was hearing from literally everyone that this was all an act and a bad idea and I still trusted him and wanted things to work. He was telling me that this was a really rough time for him and he needed me to be there for him through all this. The day he went to take the custody papers for his daughter to his wife, he said he would call me and let me know how things went. Around 9.30 p.m., I get a call from our county jail. It was Finn. There had been this huge blowout with him and his wife, and she called the cops on him, and he needed me to come pick him up from jail the next morning. I was stunned but agreed. I went to pick him up and found out that he was arrested for domestic battery against his wife. The bail bondsman told me that there was no actual evidence that he had physically hit her, but that he had threatened to. I was abused three years ago by an ex, so this did not go over well with me. When they released him, I confronted him, and he gave me the she lied, nothing happened story, and begrudgingly I believed him. I dropped him off with his mother, whom he was staying with during this time because there was a protective order and he couldn't stay at his house, and didn't hear from him or even see him at work for over two weeks. By the time Monday came around, everyone at work knew what had happened. Rumors were going around like crazy, and all the eyes were on me. I was ridiculed, called everything but white, and every other manner of disgrace. I was extremely ashamed. On top of all this heat I was catching at work, I couldn't get a hold of Finn, and I was just heartbroken. All of that happened a year ago, so fast forward to now. Finn and I have still been talking on and off, and he keeps telling me he loves me so much and he's going to get divorced, but I'm at my wit's end. I'm exhausted, but this situation, or I'm ex- exhausted by this situation, and I feel like I'm worth so much more than this. I feel like he's leading me on, and it hurts me deeply. I know this is a pretty cliched situation, but I'm having a very hard time figuring out what I need to do. Throughout this past year, Finn and I have gone long periods without talking. I've even dated other people, but I always keep going back to him. He isn't much in the looks department, not at all what I would consider my type, but for some reason, I'm always drawn back to him. I care about this man very, very much and I truly believe I love him. What I'm having trouble with is determining whether or not I should stick around or just let go. 
I want to give him a chance, but on the other hand, I feel like having all these reasons to stick around, that I'm just in denial and making excuses and wasting my life. We never hang out. We've only had sex twice in this past year. We do mess around every now and again, and the only time we really talk is at work, and it's only through email, usually, but I see him all day long. We're around each other four out of the seven days a week. Actually, as I type this, he's sitting at a desk less than 50 feet away from me. So to sum this all up, my question to you both is, what should I do? Should I stick around or do I need to just try and let him go? Finn and I have been discussing my feelings about this lately and yesterday I just got so damn fed up. I blocked his email so I could think about this in peace without his influence and decide what's best for me. I'm 24 years old and still have a lot of life left to live and I'm just really not sure what is best for me in this situation. I've read every forum article and blog on this issue, issue but I trust both of your opinions much more and would really appreciate your tips and input. Chicky up. <laughs> Fucking get Let rid, rid of him. <laughs> get him get out of here. Rid of him. Yeah, man. Jesus you are Christ. so much better than he so is. So much better than this fucking scumball piece of shit. He is a makes scumbag. Me, makes me feel fucking dirty. He, like, oh my god. Ugh. And it's of course, and it's so easy to get tra- like you see him all the time. Yeah. He like is stringing you fucking along because he can because it gives him power because he lost everything because he fucked up yeah he did wrong and so he still has you and he still has you know like you'll give him because you feed his ego it's not about you at all no it's all about his ego and fuck that guy oh my god <laughs> oh man you are, uh, you are so much just, you there are so many red flags here uh, it, first of all uh, it, it started off with red flags anytime a man is justifying cheating to you anytime a man or a woman either one even anytime a person is justifying their cheating like I'm so unhappy in this relationship you know it's just uh, things are just so bad I'm you know guilty what? I'm not bad I'm guilty I'm not bad <laughs> that's what is going yeah. through his head you know what that tells you that person is a fucking coward yes because if the relationship was so bad you know if everything is so fucking awful then they would get out Yes. Okay, yeah. So he can't afford a divorce right now? Get a fucking trial separation. Or just leave. Move out. He can just move out. He can do that. Like, that is a fucking possibility. The only thing, the reason why he was telling you those things is because as, as much as I hate to say it, you're young. You're tw- you were 22 when this shit started. Yeah, and you were young. He knew exactly what to say. He knew how to manipulate. He's a 32-year-old man. And I'm not saying that, you know, you're gullible. I'm not saying that you're stupid. Don't take that at all as No, what. you just learned a lesson. You just learned you, a lesson. I mean, yeah. Man, you just learned a fucking, like, and it seems like even now, like, you've grown up. Yes. Hard in these past two years, <laughs> which is what, I mean, that's what kind of what, you know, I mean, the this, life is about. This is your 20s. Yeah. Like, your 20s are the time when you learn lessons like this. You are not the first girl in her 20s to get involved with an older man, at, an older married man at work, nor will you be the last. And not that you're even a cliche either, because it's like, I feel like when you're in it, you're just like, yeah, but this is different. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've gone through that. I know a lot of people have gone through that where it's like, yeah, but I've heard all those stories, but this time it's different. 
And I'm really glad you wrote in because it's not different. It's not different. It's never fucking different. It's the same fucking story every single time. And and you're in your 20s. And you're talking about wasting your life. If you go with this guy, yes, that will be wasting your life. You're gonna get get you're gonna get in with this guy. You're gonna take. I mean, if, what are you gonna do? You gonna marry him? You gonna take care of his kids that are probably what eight, maybe uh, either really young or at the very least, like I doubt they they're more than ten years old. But you gonna you are you gonna take care of his kids? Are you gonna be stepmom? Do you want to be stepmom at twenty four? Or maybe also, 25. I feel like in sometimes and like sometimes when these things happen that and you form a relationship with a person afterwards and you trust each other and it actually ends up becoming a good relationship over years of rebuilding trust. That I, I feel that every once in a while, I don't want to say that, but every once in a while it can work out. But this guy has fucked million. you twice in the past year. He only emails you. This is not you, he doesn't love you. And you don't love him. It's like really obvious in the email. You're just wasting your fucking time yeah. with this guy that's not even hot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck. Which is like, but just giving you a straight up like, you know, female truth. It's like I've definitely, you know, turned the knob on a situation because like, man, he is like humming, 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 which is not a good idea either. But if it's not even, you know, he's not even the whole package. He's no package. No, he's just not. A good guy. There's no benefits, and and the whole domestic battery thing. You don't know what happened. Yeah, but, but that. Mm-mm. Yeah. Any person that is charged with that, if she felt the need, if someone with a child, your own child in the house, felt the need that they were threatened and called the police on someone else, that person is a dangerous person. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. I wouldn't say that that's. I wouldn't say that that's always in that the case. Ki- no, in yeah. that kind of situation, at least just getting him away from her. He's cheating on her, and that he comes to the end like she knew that he was giving her the custody papers that mm-hmm. night. At the very least, it got very heated very fast, and he lost his temper at right. the very, very least. Uh, and what's to say that? Five years from now, six years, say you do go with him. What's to say that at 42, doesn't do the same thing? Guys like this, this is a cycle. This is something that they do. Uh, And who's to say that he's not going to do the exact same thing to you? Like relationships that start through cheating almost never work out. I mean, I've seen so many that end with cheating. Yeah. Like, I've seen a lot. Yeah. They always, almost always end with cheating because you're starting, the foundation of your relationship is dishonesty. That's what it's starting off as. And it's starting off in an exciting way, in a much more like, ooh, this is dirty, this is exciting. So those feelings can be a little bit stronger. But then once that wears off, then that person needs that feeling again. It's like a drug. Like they want that same, ooh, dirty, exciting, like new love type of feeling. And so usually they do it again. I mean, not to say that a cheater can't change and not to say that people can't change, but this guy doesn't sound like he's worth sticking around to see if he's going to change. 
Some people are. Some people are worth it. Some people, you do have that connection with them. But it sounds like your connection with him died the day that you had to fucking bail him out of jail. And he left you alone at work for two weeks. And I'm sure didn't come back and say anything and to your didn't defense. didn't come to your aid Did at not all. come to your aid in the least bit. He should have stuck by you. That whole thing. I, exactly, Marcus. That's what it is. Yeah. If he had stuck by you and defended you and stood in front of you to them being like we did this together owned up like a man should Mm -hmm. or like a human being should not a man a human being should yeah and he fucking did it he's a cow he didn't he's fucking at his mother's house yeah slink it away like a goddamn weasel yeah fuck this guy yeah Fuck this guy. And you don't need this guy. And, I, you know, at first, when, like, when I had first read the letter, I was like, oh, you should try and, like, you know, should get out of that job or something. It's like, no. 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 You, you walk in there every fucking day. You stand tall because you're better than he is. Mm-hmm. You don't need him anymore. Get that strength, girl. You take it. And you walk in there because it's like you can find some, you know. Anybody can find somebody, and you don't need somebody. You're 24 years old, man. Just have a fucking great time. That's what it's for. Yeah, man. And you've been fucking dating. Yeah. You've been doing other shit, but, you know, dating is, you know, you've still got this guy in the back of your fucking mind. And, but you know what? You're fucking, you sound like a very strong person. You sound like you're already near the end. You sound like you just needed someone to tell you to fucking cut it out. That's what you needed. That's what you wanted. That's what you writing this letter. That's what this is all about. You just wanted someone to tell you fucking stop it because you know that you should and you know that you need to and you know that you need to fucking move on and you will. You absolutely fucking will. And fucking five years from now, this is going to be one of those fucking crazy. Like you just think back and it's like, man, that was weird. Because we've all got them. We all have them. Every single every, person does. Yeah, every person. If you've, you know, <laughs> you're like, just like, oh, my God, what that was. did that. That was weird. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. You learned a lot of lessons from this. You know, you, you learned you learned a lot of shit. You know, you learned don't get involved with married men. You learned don't get involved with someone with at work. A coworker, never. You, know? <laughs> you learned uh, when to let go of something, you know, when it's not working out. Because you learned you're, yeah, you're a stepping lot of up shit. right now, man. You're, you're stepping fucking... up. You learned a lot of really fucking important lessons. Uh, and you just fucking move on, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a wonderful place to end it this week. Uh, if you've got any letters for us, uh, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com, and we'll get to you as soon as we possibly can. Next week, uh, we'll get to uh, Dude Got Drunk, Said Some Dumb Shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I ain't never done that before. <laughs> uh, and uh, we'll also get uh, to the man that uh, had a question about a certain fetish. Uh, so we'll get to that, both of those next week, and maybe a couple more. Uh, so have a good week. Uh, keep it good. Make noise and be free. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and we'll see y'all next week.